Hola mis queridos amigos. Hello my dear friends, this is episode 3 of Key Players. In the last episode, I shared with you my first entrepreneurial experience. And if you listen to that episode, you know it didn't really work out. Well, after that, I ended up moving to America, finished high school in America, and then I went through college. During my time in college, I met really cool people. And today, I want to introduce you to one of those great people and one of my great key players. And his name is Cameron Rutledge. And here's the interview with Cameron, and I hope you enjoy it. I'm here with my good friend Cameron Rutledge. Cameron, how are you? I am good, buddy. How are you doing? I'm wonderful. Thanks for being here uh, for the third episode of Key Thank Players. Thank you for having me for the third episode of <laughs> Key Players. You're welcome, man. So uh, I ask this question to all my key players so everybody can understand a little bit more. So how did we meet? Well, we met on a nice spring day in uh, 2011. All right. No, it was a fall day of 2011, okay. um, and it was my first semester at Armstrong, and you were in the Student Government Association, Right. and then you you were knocking on doors um, to <laughs> share SGA Talks, your right. new like app that you created to everybody for the Student Government Association, and you knocked on my door, um, and you were trying to sell it to me, um, and we had a nice conversation, and then um, you left. Um, and then the next semester, I was a RA, a resident assistant, and you were an RA. And so we, we knew each other through some trainings, and we had passed through each other from time to time. But then um, I had a friend who I, I was friends with somebody in another RA, um, and she was like, hey, Cam, we got to go help Andy move out. And so I said, why not? Let's do it. And so we went and uh, helped you move out of your dorm. And then I remember that what we did, what I did is I was training for a marathon and I just, I was like, oh, I'll, I'll ask this guy to train for him with me. And I said, Andy, you want to train with me? And everyone else who I asked had said no, <laughs> or they did, but they trained for like a week. But you're like, yeah, dude. And I was like, awesome. This guy will last a week. <laughs> um, and so long and behold, uh, you, you ended up training the whole run with me. Right. Um, and then we ran the whole run together. Um, and that really forged our friendship. Right. Um, and then from there, it's just kind of grown. That's awesome. So um, you mentioned um, the marathon, and um, and that's I think that is the where you became a key player in my life, and during that marathon training because. Um, we got the chance to really, it's interesting, you're training for a marathon 26.2 miles, you really get to know about someone's life, right? And, um, and it was really cool because I got to learn a lot of cool things about you. So um, I'm going to touch into a couple of very interesting things during this podcast with Cameron, but tell me about marathon training. How was that process? And first of all, where does your motivation come for marathon running? And, uh, and then, yeah, you can go from there. Uh, well... I'll tell you how I got started running. Okay, and yeah. And I'll tell you why I wanted to do the marathon. Awesome. So how I got started running is really there's a there's a key player in my life. Uh, his name is Butch Sullivan, and he was my high school leadership teacher. And so running, I hated running back when I was in sports, but he used to run, and we worked at a leadership camp together. So I would run with Butch so I could get to know him better. And so I started running a little bit. And then I went to school in at University of Oregon in Eugene. And that's and where you're from, Oregon. Uh, that's where I'm from is yeah. Oregon, yeah. yeah. So it was close to home. And it's called Tracktown, USA. So it's just beautiful scenery. And so I got in a little bit more to running. And I ran a half marathon there. And then when I came to Armstrong in 2011, I, uh, I volunteered for the Rock and Roll Marathon. Right. And I was at the finish line. 
and I was seeing people come through the finish line and just the just the excitement on their face and the accomplishment that that was on their face I was like you know what I can do that I think I can do it I've already ran a half and so I committed then to to run a marathon the next year and I didn't know how or who I was going to train with all I knew was gosh come November I'm running a marathon and so that's kind of how I got into running and then that's how I really got motivated to do the marathon is I really wanted that sense of accomplishment and it was on my bucket list so why not cross something off um, and then I ended up kind of falling in love with the whole running long distances. That's awesome and um, wow training was was difficult. Um, that yeah, was a little bit of a training. Least. Yeah yeah because um, I'm sure like I'm sure there has to be a few runners out there that are listening to this podcast. So tell, tell us a little bit about that marathon training. And maybe um, you can tell some funny stories. I'll you tell want. you, uh, yeah. marathon training sucks. So <laughs> if you're going to do it, just know that it's going to suck. Um, and if you have a training partner, that's the best. Because Andy and I would literally wake up some Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. Yeah. Or be on the road at 8 a.m. and run until noon. Yeah. So we'd be gone for four hours. Um, and so... That kind of sucked, yep. but the best thing about it was when we came back to campus, we could eat anything we want because we already burned like 4,000 calories that day, <laughs> um, but it, it really tests you mentally and physically, um, and having somebody there to help you was big, and then Andy and I, we were kind of in the beginning stages of getting to know each other, so we, were, we pushed each other a lot, yeah. but we also got to learn about each other a lot, and so... I got a couple funny stories. Yeah, okay. of, tell, tell, share with us one. <laughs> um, and so the first one is I remember you and I were running and it was, we called this the little pond run or the little lake run. Yeah. Um, and this was about a three or four mile run. So at this point in the marathon training, it wasn't anything big. It was just a typical run. And so we were running it, but it had just rained. Yeah. And we were running with a group of people. And one of the girls that was running with us was a girl that you kind of had a crush on. Yeah, I did. <laughs> so, as we were running, I was just being a jerk to you. And I kept, I was running a little bit faster than you this run. I was feeling a little bit better than you. So I kept cutting in and out of you. Yeah. And you're like, dude, stop. <laughs> and so I kept doing it just to bug you. But, and what everyone should know is how this, how this uh, path was paved is it's paved like an actual path but then there's a little pond that goes into it so there's a little slope yeah. that goes into the pond <laughs> and mind you it had just rained and so I keep cutting into you and like Cam stop doing that and so you try to cut around me but what you do is you go down that path and you slip <laughs> and uh, land on your hip and I remember you were you were hurt for a little bit um, and you were upset but I couldn't stop laughing because of how funny it was yeah and I look really bad in front of the girl I really liked so yeah um, but that's my job as a good friend <laughs> yeah. is to, to do that so, so camera and I and this is interesting because that really defines a little bit of, a, of our friendship that's that's how our friendship goes uh, is it's either Cameron pranking or you know um doing one of the those jokes or doing something to um just 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 to make you know how you say make fun or not make, fun make but, fun of you yeah. or um it's like a brotherly love right, right, right. we're just messing with you right 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 so it's really funny but but through that uh, something really cool is that i got to learn some really interesting things about cameron and um and one of those through through this um marathon training and, and just spending some so many miles together really was uh that he's very passionate about this th interesting word called leadership 
And uh, and leadership is something interesting because, you know, I grew up in Costa Rica and in Costa Rica, I never, I never understood the definition of leadership. And my idea of what leadership was about was that a leader is just the person who is the boss or the person telling everybody else what to do. But um, meeting Cameron, I got the chance to understand a whole different meaning about what leadership is about. So I want to, Cameron, would you share with us what, what where your passion for leadership comes and, and what it really means to you? Yeah, so the passion for leadership, um, it came through high school. I was in student government and all that stuff. Um, and so my senior year of high school, I was student body president. And this Butch Sullivan that I was telling you all about yeah. earlier, uh, he was a big influence on kind of showing me what leadership was. But I went through a lot of leadership camps. And so that's just always been a passion for mine. I always I love interacting with people. I love uh, program planning, all that stuff. Um, and so it, it was just a natural thing for me. And then once I figured out I could do it for a career, it's something I really wanted to pursue. But to me, like Andy said, a lot of people think leadership is the CEO in the big yeah. office. But my view of leadership as I've grown up through the years that everyone's a leader, you just got to put yourself in the right situation. Right. And so it all depends on where you're at and the context of where you're at. Because some people will be leaders in different situations um, and not even know it. And so um, it, it's really just a thing that I want everybody to understand that everyone's a leader. Everyone can do it. It's just you gotta find you gotta find the right group um, to follow you because what is a leader without a follower? Right. They're nothing. Um, and then you have to be able to um, really open up and and realize that you are a leader and that other people are following you. And if everyone has that idea that somebody is following them, then I think you're a little bit more conscious about what you do. And I read a cool thing the other yeah. day. I have this. It's a John Maxwell Daily Reader. Okay. Um, and it, if people listening to this podcast don't know who John Maxwell is, look him up because he's like the head honcho in like leadership studies. But he was he was saying a thing that even the most introverted person um, will influence ten thousand people in their lifetime. Wow! And if you think about that, ten thousand people in your lifetime is that's a lot of people. Yeah. And so. Um, just knowing that like everything you do has some effect on somebody and the influence doesn't have to be good, but it's your choice but, as to what it is. So in your lifetime, you can influence 10,000 people. It says the most introverted individuals, yeah. which means like the people who don't go outside, right. don't socialize at all, still influence 10,000. <laughs> so imagine wow. what you can do if you go out and try to influence people like you can, you can do so much good with that. And so that's what I think so powerful about leadership is um, leadership can and can and will and should be used in every situation right. and it's applicable in every situation. So it doesn't matter what you're doing. Um, leadership is present in everything that you do. It's wonderful. And, um, and for, uh, for the audience to, to understand a little bit more about you. Um, so that's, that's where you're, that's like your why, you know, like your, your passion for leadership, but, uh, what, what are you doing right now? Um, so would you, I know what you're doing, but would you share with everybody yeah, yeah, what yeah. you're doing? So yeah. what I'm doing right now is I work, um, I work at a couple places. So right now I'm a graduate assistant for the office of student affairs at Armstrong state university. And what I do is I, I get to interact with a lot of people, but really I'm the graduate assistant for the vice president of student affairs, which is a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so I get to, um, I get to learn a lot from him, um, but also just see how his leadership goes. And he's, he's over like all the students, their organizations, things in that nature. And so he's like the, he's the guy that all the departments and student affairs report to. 
and then he reports that to the president of the university. Right. So that's one thing I do. Another thing I do is I work with the Shelton Leadership Center okay. um, at North Carolina State University. And what the Shelton Leadership Center does, what I do with the Shelton Leadership Center is I work with an organization called Project Yes. And Project Yes, they focus on military youth, and meaning kids whose parents are in the military. And what we do is um, when, when kids' parents leave or when they come back, um, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that can go on with the kids, um, but we they realized that the kids weren't getting a lot of focus. It was a lot of the parents that were getting focus. So what Project Yes does is we focus a little bit more on the kids, um, and so what we do is we do leadership building activities with them throughout the day, and then we have a discussion with them about kind of what they're going through. How can um, you know, what can you use? What skills did you learn here that you can use to help yourself, help your family? Um, and really like, where's your team at? Um, everything in that nature. And so we have, we have 26 interns from all around the country. Um, and my job is to help train them, uh, yeah. to get them ready to go out in the field and, and teach, um, to the, to the youth. And then I'll travel at the events and, uh, give feedback, help out wherever I can. And so nice. that's, that's what I'm doing right now with the Shelton Center. Right. And, and, um, and we're classmates as well. And we're classmates <laughs> as well. Yeah. We're in the same program at Armstrong Professional Communication and Leadership Master's yeah. Program. Yeah. I, I should have probably mentioned that too, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. It's probably a big deal. Yeah. I'm a professional communication and leadership yeah. um, master's student as well. And so um, get a lot of studying yeah. of leadership too. That's where my whole life, leadership is pretty much consuming my life at the moment and studying it yeah and something cool is that Cameron and I have had the, not, have had the chance not just to run marathons but we have worked together in several locations yeah. and Project Yes is one of those and, and you know I'm building my business right now but I help with Project Yes once a month and we do leadership development and so Cameron is my boss also for that you know so, <laughs> so uh, Andy we always joke because um Andy was my boss back in the day. Um, he was the student body president um, at Armstrong, and I worked in an organization, the Campus Union Board, so I was the chairman there. So what happened was I had a group of uh, people that reported to me, and I reported to Andy, <laughs> and so he was my boss. Yeah. And then technically I'm his supervisor in, in this Project Yes role, um, but through all this time we've we've always lived right, like right next door to each other so yeah yeah it's, it's pretty interesting right 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 so we we have worked for each other we have trained together and we run marathons We've we done... used to i need to get back to it yeah, <laughs> yeah you uh, you left me on my own for this last <laughs> one but it's all right yeah and um so cameron has definitely been a key player in my life um For many reasons, one is his passion for leadership that I have learned a lot from him. And, and those are a lot of uh, things that I uh, try to apply in, in my life as an entrepreneur and, and just in the way that I interact with people. But there is something else about Cameron that has really impacted my life and, um, and inspired me a lot. And, and it's his determination and that determination and passion for what he does, I, I think, well, It comes from many things, but there is a key story in Cameron's life that has really impacted my life. And, and that story is that Cameron is a cancer survivor. And, and that's something that I, I find um, amazing because of, of, of all the things that, that, that he went through and, and the, way he, the way he inspires others with his story in, in many ways. So Cameron, I, I don't know if you would like to share a little bit about that. Of course, let's yeah. do it. But, <laughs> but one thing before I do, the cool yeah. thing about Andy and uh, what really drew me to, to him and our stories kind of 
um, coincided. They were they were around the same time frame. So Andy came to America um, from Costa Rica on April fifteenth, two thousand and eight, is the day that he came. Yeah. Um, my last chemotherapy treatment was April 29th, 2008. And so when we both uh, figured out these stories, we're like, man, that's crazy. Because the the two two of the most impactful events of both of our lives happened within two weeks of each other. Right. And now we're here helping each other grow and learn through um, through different leadership experiences and stuff, which is, is pretty neat. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's, um, that's crazy. It's crazy how things happen in life, right? And so... Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll tell you a little bit about yeah. my, my cancer story. So what happened was I was a junior in high school. I was 16 years old. Um, I was Everything was going fine for me. I was a captain of the tennis team, uh, student body vice president at that time, doing a lot of leadership stuff. And um, we had our annual lip sync assembly. And so what that is, is each class gets puts together like lip sync songs and you lip sync and make up a dance to it and perform in front of the school <laughs> and so my uh my class was doing their doing their thing but i was feeling it was like hard to breathe for me which was which was odd because i've always been an athlete i've always been somebody who's been into sports been very active and so that was odd and so we went to the doctor and they uh they took an x-ray and they found some spots on my lung oh. um but um, that was a blessing because we found out that those spots on the lung didn't mean anything. But what they couldn't see was that there was a, it was a 10 by nine by 10 centimeter mass in the middle of my chest. Oh, wow. Um, and what that was is it was a non Hodgkin's B cell lymphoma. And so, um, I was told that if you were to get cancer, that that's a good one to get because the, um, because they, they found this one very early so beginning stages of the growth. And so with that, it was uh, a pretty high likelihood of, of survival. Um, and then, yeah, so I got the official results on January 3rd, 2008. And my first chemo treatment was January 7th, 2008. So they acted real fast. Um, wow, five days. Yeah, it was four days. Four days, sorry. You're not a mathematician. <laughs> I'm not so. a mathematician. I'm sorry, guys. I'm terrible with math. I haven't mentioned that in the previous <laughs> podcast, but I am. So go Cameron. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, and so um, I got the opportunity to, um, to kind of go through this whole cancer story. Um, and the cool thing about it was it really just, um, especially at such a young age at 16, uh, number one, it makes you grow up real fast. Um, and number two, it just makes you appreciate everything you have. And so I feel like a lot of people never get to that point or you don't get to that point until later in life. Um, and so I was, I was fortunate enough to have such a big tragedy that didn't turn into a tragedy yeah. um, happen so early, like a big life event. And so with that, um, I mean, you can take what you did and grow from it or you can be scared from it. And there's two paths that you can take. And so I chose the, uh, the former to yeah. be just move on with it and learn from it. And so I think the, Andy, you mentioned like determination and all that yeah. stuff. And I think I really realized how determined I was when yeah. we were going through that whole uh, chemo thing. Cause it was just so, um, I had such a good attitude throughout the whole thing. And yeah. I was wondering why um, and you were 16. I was 16 old, years right? old. Yeah. 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 But, um, I realized early on too, that there was so much more than just me going through it. Like, yeah. Cause my mom was going through it with me and my brother and then I have two younger sisters and so I realized that for them I had to be strong mm -hmm. because 
Um, I would much rather be the one going through it than the one who had to sit on the sidelines while a family member was going through it. So very fortunate in that sense because I always knew what was happening in my body. They had no idea. And so, you know, you kind of got to be strong for that. But uh, just the attitude and stuff um, going through it really uh, vaulted, you know, how I've looked at things and how I've chosen to uh, be optimistic about things. So that's where that whole determination and uh, my love for leadership and everything comes from is that that whole big fun story that's awesome and, and that's that's inspiring actually Cameron told me this story during a half marathon that we were running how many marathons have we run like total we've ran two full marathons yeah. together and I think four half three marath- half marathons three half marathons right so and, yeah five five long races together right, right. and in one of those races you, sh- you shared with me this whole story which was wow impactful yeah that was our that was our first half i think marathon. that was our first half marathon yeah, yeah. um yeah wow and um but there is one story that cameron told me um that so he mentioned that he was playing for the tennis team when he was going through cancer and there, there is this story that i think is crazy that uh cameron um Actually, I will let you tell this. Uh, did you stop playing tennis as you were going through cancer? No, I just had to change what hand I played with. <laughs> That's crazy. So you changed the <laughs> hand that you were playing with while going through cancer. I did. And did you win any games? <laughs> I played one match and I, I won that match. You won. That's awesome. I did. Um, <laughs> that was a good story too. Um, yeah. But but no, because they have a thing called a pick line. Right, right, right. Um, and the pick line, what it does is that it, it went through my right arm and it yeah. went up my vein into my into my chest. Oh, and it can't go in my left arm because it would feed right into my heart. Uh, and yeah. so I'm right-handed. And so this pick line, it was in there for the whole four months that I was going through right. chemo. And so um, if I wanted to play tennis, I had to change hands. Yeah. And so I didn't want to stop playing tennis because I enjoyed doing it. And so every time I could... I'd come back and I learned how to play left-handed and we did have one tennis match. Um, and I remember this kid so well because he had a dog collar on Yeah, and he was playing a dog collar. <laughs> and I was like, huh, interesting. <laughs> but um, You have a big line, so. <laughs> yeah, we each got a cool accessory on. Right. And, and so um, I ended up winning the match eight, to, awesome. eight to one. Wow. Um, and so it's it's just something I enjoyed doing. It wasn't. Tell me about. Did your coach let you? Like, what was your coach's uh, thinking during that time? I don't know. You know. I have no idea. Um, the crazy thing is, my best friend Tyson. Yeah. He was uh, he was on the team at the time, and so he like created wristbands like to support me, the CR and right, all that right. stuff. But they never really got to use them because I wasn't out for an extended period of time. Uh-huh. Usually that's like a go cam will support you, but yeah. I wasn't out enough for them to really wear them. Yeah. Um, but my coach didn't take it easy on me, which was great. Oh, wow. That's yeah. what I wanted. That's good. Uh, but he supported me so much. And yeah. I mean, shaved his head, always came and visited me a few times in the hospital. Wow. Um, great guy. Yeah. Um, but he knew, he know he knew me well enough to know that I didn't want to be taken easy yeah. and he was such a good coach that he wouldn't, he wouldn't let me take it easy. Right. But I was caught hitting the tennis ball with my right hand a few <laughs> times and uh, I got threatened to be kicked out of practice. So <laughs> I had to be real careful about that. But, wow. Yeah. Did the kid that you, want, I'm just, I'm just so fascinated by this, by this story. Did the kid that you play against knew that you, uh, know that you, uh, had cancer? No. Wow. Um, it, 
to me it was it was pointless to say anything yeah and so that's always how it's been with me it's it's pointless to say anything unless it can make an impact and so the only thing that would have done is make him feel bad wow um and so there's no point in it i had a lot of fun playing yeah um i hope he had a lot of fun playing if he didn't well yeah it's probably because you <laughs> lost um, but no 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 that was that was real mean but um but no it was just something that i really yeah, enjoyed yeah. and so now you know something about cameron it's funny he just said this but he will never say things like this he's uh one of the things about cameron is that he's really really humble about the things he does he's really good at many things that he does but but he doesn't really um he's not a show off about it you know and uh and with that as we're closing this interview uh, and as we were talking about marathons and uh, and in leadership and, and it's interesting because i feel like we all have different marathons in life and uh, i think cancer for you was a little marathon of life right? mm-hmm. wasn't it yeah and uh and i'm sure that shaped your philosophy about life in many ways and maybe your leadership philosophy so before we close this interview i would like to ask you what is what is your leadership philosophy right now and what are your expectations with your life and career in the next years to come My expectation with my life and career is yeah. that I'm happy. Awesome. That's it. Um, whatever I'm doing, I'm just happy with what I'm doing and enjoying what I'm doing. Right. Um, my leadership philosophy is to tackle everything I do with a relentless pursuit. Huh. And what that means is that just giving my my all effort and everything I do to try to improve myself, to try to bring value to whatever I'm doing right. um, and enjoy what I'm doing. And so if I can do that, and then if I can be happy, that's really all you can ask for. Um, and so it's really all I'm looking for awesome. in life and um, hopefully bringing value to other people's lives in some way or doing stuff like that. But Yeah, and you have mentioned you're interested in leadership, consulting, coaching, and things yeah, like that. So yeah, so yeah. really into leadership consulting and yeah, leadership yeah. coaching. Um, and so that's that's where I find myself the happiest. Right. And so, um, and just like you find yourself happiest when you're creating businesses yeah, and yeah. doing that, um, find myself happiest when I can help other people grow, when I can impart some, some wisdom, if I have any, onto people, things in that nature. It's wonderful. Well, Cameron, thank you so much for this interview. I... Um, I'm honored to have you really in my podcast and, and having you sharing your, your stories with everybody who is listening to this because you have definitely been a key player in my life and and uh, and and I'm just blessed to have you as a good friend. Oh, well, thank you. I mean, you've been, a, if I was doing a key players uh, <laughs> podcast, you, you probably wouldn't be number three, maybe like number <laughs> two or four, um, but you'd be on there for sure. Shade. <laughs> Hardcore shade. Cool. All right. Well, uh, Cameron, nice seeing you, man. Nice talking to you. Nice seeing you too. <laughs> All right. Uh, so this is Cameron Rutledge, everybody, and super happy to have you here. Thank you, Andy. <laughs>